listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Welcome to Footy Talk, and uh, it's the Journos show today. So what we're going to do, I'm Adam Peacock. We've got two Journos here. I'm not one. I can't be classified as one, a rugby league journo. We've got two great ones. Michael Chamis from uh, the Sydney Morning Herald. Hello, mate. Good, mate. How are you going, all right? Yeah, good, good. And Danny Widler from Nine News. Hello over there. G'day. It's uh, nice to be in a, this uh, situation where we've got three of us and there's I've always thought there should be one peacock in every relationship. <laughs> so, Chammy, you're in trouble because there's not room for you here. We've well, got one king in the room as well, uh, the one, king of rugby league journalism. Peacock allowed. Yeah. Plumage everywhere. <laughs> so, for once, you two are going to have to answer some hard questions. Yeah. Firstly, off the top, when we're talking journos and we're talking rugby league, full praise to you because I don't know how you do it sometimes. But then I thought, <laughs> it probably story-wise, it's one of the most fertile grounds in all of sport. Is it not? I was in terms say, of storylines, have you seen rugby league? The stories are everywhere. You don't, uh, you don't have to work hard for them in this game. They just pop out. People recording meetings secretly. It's, uh, yeah. There's, there's no shortage of stories. It's good fun. It's amazing, isn't it? It's just like it's a, a field where people will never be out of work because there are always <laughs> going to be stories. There's always going to be something going on. Nothing is straightforward in rugby league. Um, mm. I've been doing it for more than thirty years. Uh, and the some rest. of the, some of the stuff that I've heard about, seen, reported on, not reported on is quite incredible. What would you say the percentage of what you can report on to what you can't report on is? Look, you can report on most things, but there's mm. got to be a judgment call. If it's a situation that might affect someone's mental health or family, you've got to really consider it and you've got to, I think, you know, approach that person in the best possible way. Mm. Uh, and in terms of um, the way it's going to impact their family as well, if you can go to the person directly, it's a lot harder these days than it was. I think you've got to try and do that. Mm. Uh, and you've got to work out the value in the story. At nine, you know, I've got pretty understanding bosses and they will talk through a story with you. And, you know, often it's better to be involved in a long game, in my opinion. I don't know if yours is the same. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I had three stories this week that I had to spike because it just wasn't worth it. Three? Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but mm. it just… It can happen like it, that. It, it can it? happen. And it comes pretty quickly and you just decide, is, is it, it worth the headache? Is it worth the headache? You're going to cause other people… You make a judgment call, as Danny said. Is it like throwing out the favourite T-shirt? It's like, oh, I don't really Yeah, no, it's hard. Like you're sitting there thinking, okay, this story is going to go off, but yeah. at, what, at what price? You don't throw the T-shirt out. <laughs> you wear it for lawn night. No. Yeah, I've with got, holes in it. And I've, got a, I've got a 19, my pride and joy, uh, a 19, I think it's 92 Nirvana tour T-shirt. Yeah. When they toured Sydney, I saw them play at, this, at Pudgy Bay Hotel. Yeah. That T-shirt's not going. That's a collector's yeah, item. That's I was collector. barely born. You are an old bloke. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was young, but. So what we're going to do every time on Footy Talk, the Journos edition, is is break down it, with a bit of a different angle some of the big stories of the week. And as usual, as we touched on, there's some stories floating around. On Mondays, it's heavy hitters uh, with Gordon Tallis, um, who's never short of opinion. We know Gordy and Emma Lawrence. On Tuesday, we've got Maroon, uh, Wade Graham and Aaron Woods, the current players. Wednesday, it's the Queensland issues. We'll give the Queenslanders their own show. They deserve it. <laughs> they can uh, have it. Seeing they think they run rugby league, and sometimes they do. Ben Dobbin and Gordy. Again, Friday, we've got the Friday footy folks. Focus with Connor Watson, Greg Inglis and James Graham. What a crew that is. And then pre-season previews coming this weekend. Thanks to Aaron Woods, Wade Graham, also Connor Watson and James Graham as well. But off the top, guys, I'm intrigued by the dogs. I think everyone is this season. No real inclination about where they're going to land. But Gus, the architect, 
he's a few steps down the line. Is he ahead of time with what he wants to try and create there at the Bulldogs? I think he is, yeah. I actually, um, uh, I went out there yesterday. But you're on holidays. Yeah, I'm on holidays. He's never on holidays. <laughs> I am on holidays, but I went out there yesterday. I was invited by the great Gus Gould to have a look at the team train. I must have missed that message. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was impressed. There's the movie, The Castle, we're talking the vibe. There is a good vibe there. Yeah. Um, I think it would be foolish to call them a top eight side, though. Um, I think that they're getting towards that point. Mm. Uh, and I think if they finished 10th, it's a pretty good year. Uh, the following year, I think they should be in, uh, definitely a top eight side. And that's when the pressure will really be on. I still think they're lacking in a couple of positions. They are, but I, I think they're a top eight side. I, I, I'm not saying they're guaranteed, but they've got the talent in that side to be contending for a seventh, eighth spot this year. And There's so many good teams above them. Like Yeah, but we see two or three teams drop out every year. Yep. We do. I, I think Cronulla, Cowboys, they're in, they could be two of the teams that drop out. Mm. Uh, yeah, I like what the dogs are building. And Cameron Serraldo, don't underestimate what he's doing to that no, I team. Agree. And I, I spent some time with them out at St. Greg's during a pre-season camp there. And Was oh, Gus there? Gus was there. I'd avoided Gus. He parked next to me. Like, okay, we're, getting, of, we're getting into this, I, I but carry of, I sort of hid under the car as he parked next to me. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just think there's something brewing out there. And I know everyone yeah. talks up at pre-season. They're so excited and everyone's in the best shape of their lives. But <laughs> the dogs, I think Josh Reynolds, don't underestimate Josh Reynolds' contribution. Forget about football, but just mm. to those players what it is to be a Canterbury person, what it is to be a Bulldog. Viliami Kikau and Reid Money. Like these mm. Kikau's enormous. Kikau's enormous. And I think Reid Money, and we've seen already because he's been thrown in as a as a, as a a co-captain, I think it's huge. I what, think, what about fullback? What about halfback? One and seven. Yeah, they're, they're the they're, two. You've got the makings of it. And, and their forwards are good yeah. without being spectacular. One and seven are really One and seven is the issue. And they're going to play Kyle Flanagan at seven to start the year. And they'll play... Hayes Perham at fullback to start the year. Mm. Of course, that, that's that's their weakness, and they get, they're trying to bolster that. We know Crichton's on the way, but Cameron Seraldo's focus has always been defence, and Penrith's defence over the last few years is up there with the best we've seen. It's probably Dragons 2010-like, like in terms of what they've been able to achieve. They're going to base it on defence, but I still think there's enough points in them there if they defend well enough to win games of football. The, the kid they signed from the Broncos, Carl... Um, Aluapu, yeah. Aluapu. I, I watched him yesterday. He's... A freak. He yeah. looks something special. First of all, he's a big kid. I didn't realize how big he was, especially in the the Joey Johns backside yeah. and that sort of area. Like he's got he's got a lot of strength there. And I wanted to watch what he was doing, and his timing was quite remarkable. I know it's training, and I, yeah. I get all that, but he looks like he could be an, an X factor potentially for the dogs. That's what they wanted. They wanted Cameron Sorrell made it clear to Gus when he signed. I need a seven, and there was some talk about Mitchell big Moses. Seven. What's out there, Danny? What's yeah, no, out no, there? But if you can't, he'd be big for a seven. Oh, big seven yeah. as in, yeah. Well, it's big shoes to fill and he's a big boy. But I think with with what Cameron Strada's doing, Carl, give the young kid a go. Kyle Flanagan's going to get first chance. He's on a lot of money. Mm. They can't get rid of him. He's on I think, in excess of 600000 this year. So that's a lot of money for a halfback who's that's been in and wage. out of first grade. That's your wage with the 100% footy and the yeah, other stuff going this, on. So yeah, this, yeah. Probably getting more than you guys. Go on, good. Hey, Gus. Guys, so you've made mention that you've had to hide from Gus and Danny, it sounds like he goes over to his dinner twice a week, <laughs> his house for dinner <laughs> twice a week. So what is it like dealing with, you'd almost call him the Emperor of Belmore at the moment. He's got full control out there and he, he was big reason why Penrith are what they are right now. But when you've got a yarn and you know it's right and Gus doesn't want you to know it's right, what happens? Because I could imagine that he doesn't mind controlling or not controlling the narrative, but keeping the narrative 
the way he sees it should play out. <laughs> did you not watch 100% this? footy last year? I did, and well, it was enjoyable. And, and we got a, a, how many denials about Cameron Seraldo did we get over the course <laughs> yeah. of those 10 weeks that he was in discussion there? Yeah, it, it happens. It's, you've just got to know what you're dealing with with Gus. Yep. Um, and you've got, to, you've got to ride through the good and the bad. And for me, he's been great to me throughout my entire journalistic career. Uh, he's always taken my call. We've had a couple of blues here and there over the years, but that happens over 30 years. Do you get right? banned? Is there a oh, cooling I, off period? I think I probably have had times when it hasn't been as good as it is right now. Yeah. Yes. He plays the game. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, but Gus Gus understands the media better than anyone. Yeah. People uh, on the outside, and I'm talking about a lot of journos as well because he doesn't let a lot of people close, obsessed by him. Mm. Some people you know, just can't get enough of writing about Gus, talking about Gus. For my situation, is he's a – he is a colleague of ours at, at nine. I respect him uh, and I will always approach him with what my story is before I'm going to go with it. Mm. And if it's right, you have to go with it. Mm. Simple as that. And most of the time, I don't have a problem with Gus. Like 99%, he might have a problem with me sometimes, <laughs> um, but that's that's just the way it is. you know. And he doesn't always like everything that I do or everything that Michael does, probably more doesn't like what Michael does. <laughs> so I've got, I would have I've to say. I've got to suck up to him. That's why. I would say I've got a good relationship with yeah. him generally. I, I first met him, I was dating a girl back in the 80s or not, early 90s. Was this at the Nirvana concert, was no, it? No, no, no. This is a while ago. <laughs> and um, I walked into this house and there on the couch, uh, eating a packet of Twisties <laughs> and having a, might have been a cherry ripe and a, and a can of Coke, uh -huh. sitting next to the lead singer of, Boom Crush Opera. Oh, Boom Crush Opera. Sitting there and it was Gus. He goes, I know you. I, said, I know you. And that, that was a really weird, you know. And, what, and, was he coaching the dogs then or coaching Penrith? I think he might have been coaching the dogs, actually. So late 80s. Yeah. Wow. So I've known him for a long time. We've been through a lot. I get on fine with him. Michael has, you, you speak for yourself. Yeah, I, I love Gus, but I just don't think the, the feeling's mutual. Like, yeah, <laughs> you grow up loving rugby league and, and listening to his pre-origin talks and yeah. it inspires you to do what we do. Like I'm in rugby league media and a large part of that is people like Gus inspiring you to be one of, to be part of that. And even sitting next to him on these shows, you, you pinch yourself and think, what am I doing here? You mm. don't belong in this company. But I have a job to do as well and some things that I may do that upsets people and in that situation, there's been some instances with Gus over the years. I think the Ivan Cleary back to the Penrith situation was something that we fell out over because he was adamant that it wasn't happening or he was and, telling me it wasn't happening and, and you we got wrote the story. Was yeah. Yeah. And I, got, I still remember the phone call that I, that I was wrong, but I was confident that I was right. And How much later after that phone call were you proven right? Uh, it, it was within a week, yeah. But, oh, within a week. But my Twitter account, is didn't it didn't help my Twitter account because I was blocked soon after. <laughs> but that's okay. Like, that's fine with I'm fine with that. I, I, I can sleep knowing that if, I, if I'm chasing a story that I believe is right, I'm going to go to him. And even and, and some you win some, you lose some. I messaged him the other day. He said, I've heard Matt Burton's about to re-sign, four or five-year deal, whatever it was. Hmm. Didn't hear back from him. Two hours later, the press release went out. <laughs> this is the way it is. And it happens. I mean, like it happens. Like, yeah. you, know, you can't, you can't, in your job, Michael, you can't be close to everybody. No, but you, you know what I respect? You can't get along with everybody. I respect that he has relationships with guys like Danny. And, and I haven't been around anywhere near as long. And I yeah. respect the fact that he has his people. And who have looked after him and he's looked after over the years and that relationship is maintained. And I like to think with the contacts I have, 
they show that respect to me as well. Danny, you've worked in, in both. You've done a bit of TV as well. So I'm talking TV and, and writing articles here. This is the journo uh, show. So we're going to talk a bit about journalism here. I'm full-time writer right now, codesports.com.au, Charlie. That's all right if I give it a quick plug. <laughs> I gave them a plug they're, where they're going. <laughs> um, I worked in TV as well. I find it's easier to upset someone with the written word than it is on the, the spoken word on television, oddly enough. Oh, I, I can upset them with He both. upsets everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, Scott Penn, every time he walks out of that car park in Brookvale now, is waiting for a blockade from Danny Widler. But again, again, for example, to his credit, that on that day when I bounced him about the, the jumper, about, you know, all that sort of stuff, yeah. he could have walked away. He could have But not, he couldn't get his car out. You parked it in. He could have walked away. He had a camera in his face. What was he going to do? He could have walked away but with a camera in his face. Look at you. You're a unit. He couldn't walk past you. He could have walked away, but to his credit, yeah. he ran maybe and talked and gave quite a good interview. So, I mean, you're never going to be everybody's friend. I mean, people listening to this, they're going to, you know, they're probably not like me for things I've said or hmm. written or done. And when they get personal, that's when it's a bit ridiculous because you're just yeah. doing a job. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to get past that at the start though. Like, upsetting someone and, and realizing that this person doesn't like you when you first move get into the industry you, mm. it crushes you I still remember a phone call I had from Steve Crawley over the head of Fox about something I wrote years ago and mm. you know, I got a gobful but mm. it, you learn that it's just part of the game you can't yeah. take it personally unless it becomes personal and then then that's different but mm. back with the footy chat never a bad time to be off contract as a playmaker especially in the modern day so Mitchell Moses um, is down that path he spoke earlier this week at Parramatta's open media day saying that no he hasn't got a deal set in but he wants it done before the start of the season no he hasn't watched the grand final but he wants to do that before the start of the season she's living a few things late here old Mitchell the numbers that we're hearing like pushing seven figures maybe over seven figures is he worth it uh, look, first of all, I, I, I've got to clarify, I've been on holiday, so I haven't been across the ins and outs of mm. Mitchell's dealings, but I have heard a little bit of that. In terms of money, he's definitely going to earn 1.4 if he goes, mm. that's minimum, I reckon, for the for the Tigers. You know what? He's worth it because that's what the market says he's worth. Simple mm. as that. Like, he's a good player uh, and there aren't many halfbacks of his ability anywhere. Mm. He's a good player, but he's not. he's not in the echelon of the elite players in our game. However, he's a, a benefactor of the situation where there aren't any, as you said, there are no sevens available. And if you want a halfback who is capable of taking you to a grand final, which we saw last year, then you have to pay overs. And I don't think it's a bad buy for the, for instance, for the Tigers if they're paying 1.4 or 1.5. No, I don't think so I, either. I mean, it I, sounds I, like a lot of money. Is he worth the same as Nathan Cleary? No, he's not. But he's if not. Nathan Cleary is on the market tomorrow, he's worth $2 million. Yeah, but Nathan Cleary, or, or around Nathan Cleary doesn't play the same games that's, be, that's being played right now. So you don't like the way it's being No, he's got out. every right to do what he he, he has to do and, and get the best deal. But Nathan, his intention would be to stay at Penrith. He's a Penrith junior, whereas Mitchell doesn't have that loyalty to Parramatta as Nathan Why does not? to Penrith. And his father, his father's there. He's not going. We know Nathan's not going anywhere. So therefore, no club's going to offer Nathan the money that Mitchell's getting mm. right now because they don't think he'll leave. Yeah, but you'd be an idiot if you're Nathan Cleary to walk away from what Penrith have got at oh, the moment. Of course, he knows of course. what. Whereas Mitchell's being think, well paid. Yeah, yeah, oh, that helps. There, there are people but, at Tigers who won't forget what Mitchell did. Like Benji and Tim Sheens want Mitchell to help them win games of football, but yeah. you can't forget how it ended last oh, time. It, it was ugly. He yeah. he basically gave up. He stopped trying. I don't think he wanted to train, and then to get his release and go to Parramatta because Ivan Cleary at the time decided that they were going to take the offer off the table. It, so it ended pretty badly, but. The fans, they'll forgive him becomes the win games of football. Exactly. Everything's forgiven when you win games of football. Tigers are desperate. Tigers are desperate. They'll go four to five years. They'll give him four to five years at 1.4. Will he win a comp within five years at the West Tigers? 
They're building. I like what the Tigers are building. Really? Good roster. Yeah, I do. I, I I think they're challenging for the eight this year as well. They were they're, atrocious last season. Yeah, Terrible. but I don't want to harp on about it, but I, you could see they were very – they disengaged from what Michael Maguire was doing. Mm. Things have changed there. They've got some real key figures at the club. Api Corusau. They're bringing John Bateman in. Yep. They've got Isaiah Papali'i, David Klemmer, and these young kids coming through who may not be – just ready yet, but they're going to add some spark to that. And Tim Sheens, we know, likes to get these young kids coming through. Did it with Robbie and Benji all those years ago. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll be challenging. And if I'm Mitchell Moses, last year, I'm not even considering the Tigers. Mm. They're a prospect that's going to be on the up for the next few years. It's worth looking into if you're not feeling connected to Parramatta. Sammy, who's going to be coaching him next year? Is it, is it going to be Sheens? I mean, he hasn't done it for a long time. He hasn't had a lot of success for a long time. Yeah. Do you think he's going to actually be in charge or is it well, Benji's going to be? I went out there about a month ago. I went out there a month ago and spoke mm-hmm. to Sheenzy and he said, I'm telling you, in 12 months time, I'm going to have to watch my back because Benji is doing that well as coach. What's he watching his back for? Why you doesn't, know, he, why doesn't was, he just he was, say, well, here you go, Benji. Here's because he's not, Benji's not quite ready yet. Mm. And to be fair, Benji's walked into an assistant coach's role having never coached in his life. Mm. He's going to need time. But I think as we get to next season, the 2024 season, Benji's going to have more and more of a say. He's letting Benji and Robbie run the attack now and, ha- and having an oversight of what they're doing. They're going to be, they're going to go back to what the Tigers of old are. They're going to play an attacking brand of football and hopefully it suits the way they're, they're doing things. So it sounds to me like you're saying that maybe the Tigers got more upside than Para, and that's where Mitchell Moses should go. I think Parramatta are plateauing and then heading. Mm. I still think Parramatta are top 14 this year, but. How long is that going to last? We're going to talk about that a fair bit through the year, I think. I think Parramatta are the big watch to see if they can achieve what they did last season, back it up, because if they don't back it up with Parramatta, things become a disaster really quickly with their their fan base and everything. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break on footy talk. Uh, Back in a moment to talk a bit of uh, Dragons off-season from hell. Just for you, Chammy. Welcome back to Footy Talk. We're going to talk the Dragons right now. Michael, straight to you. He's your Dragons tragic from way back. Danny yeah. doesn't have a side. He, he won't. Well, I, I have He's love hate with everybody. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Even you, Michael. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you, love hate. You, you've told you me. me up you don't like times. me coming in and working with nine. That's your territory. I've <laughs> yeah. heard. heard. You've stitched me up a few times, you know, but I've had to take the bullets for you. Uh, so that's I'm, okay. I'm an idiot Manly fan, so we'll get to me a bit later on. Something will happen with Manly, no doubt, very, very quickly. But <laughs> to you, my friend, about the Dragons, would you call it the off-season from hell? It hasn't been good. Well, they've had a few of them. They've, been, they've had worse. They've had, yeah. They've had well, worse. Yeah, it's uh, relative to what they've been They're used through. to it. They are. And I, yeah, Junior Ramone's such a big loss. We don't know how long he's going to be out for if he plays again. Poor old Cody Ramsey. Yeah. He, he showed last year at fullback that he was probably – he was going to start the year at fullback. And he's – it was a real, real dangerous period for him, his health. And the Dragons are trying to stay positive for him because he hopes he one day come back and play. But mm. um, he's got a long road ahead still to do that. And then on the field, there's all the question marks around the coach and whether or not he should have been sacked last year. I've spoken to a lot of people at the club in the last month. And a lot of those people who are not Anthony Griffin fans have actually been impressed with what has transpired over the summer because- He got rid of the assistants. He got rid of the assistants. He brought two new assistants in and he's letting them run the show. The people who thought the place was just going downhill think it's just completely changed. And Anthony Griffin, and time will tell, they haven't lost the game of football, has flicked the switch and changed completely. And he's allowing everyone else to take control of the show. People at the Dragons are happy. And they're happy. And, And they weren't last year. That's given him a chance there. And we've seen coaches before when they get told, well, you need to change. And we saw it with Madge at the Tigers. It happens for a bit and then pressure comes and you go back to your old habits. Yeah, revert the, to There's time. no doubt he's got the first two months to prove himself 
Otherwise, mm. he could be gone because he's well, he's off contract. Yeah, he, well, I've Michael with with Anthony Griffin. I've got probably a, a difficult relationship with him. Uh, I've heard the same things as you or what, before I went on holidays that there are people there who say he's a very good coach uh, and he has changed and he is heading in the right directions. I can only report on what I'm hearing in that he has support from people there. It's going to be very interesting. I, I think they've got a reasonable start to the year in terms of a draw. And that's when usually we hear the talk of this coach has got six weeks, this coach has got eight weeks. Yeah, they've got to buy in the Titans to start up. So that's, that's a pretty, well, they, pretty should good start. win first up. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, having said all that, he's under a lot of pressure. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's, you know, in the top three coaches under pressure this year. Uh, CBA guys. So as we record this, um, it's being fleshed out apparently. So we avoid having delayed kickoffs and logos being covered up and maybe um, more sinister stuff in terms of strikes or, or whatever with the CBA. I just want to make the point though about that meeting, the infamous meeting now. Guys, I honestly believe we've got ourselves a new contender for the James Bond role. <laughs> so Justin Ollum is not only brawn, but his brains. He's spotted the infiltration of a microphone into that meeting, the recording done by the NRL staff or whatever like that. And if that person tried to get away, I'd fair to say that Justin would have handled the situation physically as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd hate to run into the oh, guy. So like James no, Bond, Justin Ollum, I just think it's a match made in heaven. But seriously, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it, the whole thing has been terrible to watch unfold. It's been embarrassing and even the actions we saw from the NRL and then obviously in retaliation now the RLPA threatening these uh, – well, I don't, I don't know what you call them, to be honest, because covering the NRL logo and starting matches late, what is that going to achieve? They actually feel that strongly about it. How do you they cover the logo? And actually go on strike. Are they going to get Banksy out there or something with a can <laughs> of spray paint to go over the logo? <laughs> I don't it's know. Sticky tape. Bit of, bit of, bit of something. Oh, on, on the jump. Yeah, mask okay. tape on there. Fair enough. But look, it's, yeah, look, it, I, saw, I saw the news of the, the threats and all, all of that sort of stuff. And if Peter Volandis today folds to those threats – Andrew Abdo falls to those threats. Neither of them should be in the game. They, gonna, they let me just say, two of those revolved over. around the women's game and the CBA yep. there. They're going to sort that out. That won't be the issue. The other issue, though, is that they want the they RLPA want, want the complete money. control of the $200 million that's allocated to these different types mm -hmm. of funds, injury hardship fund and retirement fund. The NRL, though, there's no way in hell no the way. NRL will give the money to the RLPA and say, do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't spend that money correctly – Guess whose door they're knocking on for more money? It'll be the NRL. Okay, so so that's still an issue at five o'clock today, right? Yeah, so I don't think that gets resolved. That doesn't get resolved. So are we going to see strikes? Are we going to see any of that? They won't be talking to you, that's for sure. They said that's that's one of the conditions. They won't they won't well, be talking specifically to me. Well, well, you're not part of the that's media. Not related to the CBA. That's a complete issue altogether. But just me. He won't be talking to you because he's on frigging holidays. You'll be yeah, down the no, beach. I, well, I came in off my holiday to talk to you. <laughs> well, it's, that's the, I'm not it's a it. mess. It's a complete mess, and hopefully it's sorted out in a couple of weeks, and it doesn't derail from what should be the, the World Club Challenge we've got coming up. St. Helens are out here. They're playing a game before they play Penrith as well, which leads us to the, the big question for 2023, why we all follow our footy and watch week in, week out, even though we get distracted from time to time. Who wins the comp? I'll throw my tip out there is Penrith. Wow. Really? Really out in the limb there. <laughs> even, even with no appy? Yeah. Yeah, I think Mitch Kenny. I mean, he started the grand final mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, so They've got a young kid, kid coming through in yeah. Riley Smith who was a uh, habit on good authority that he actually dusted the preseason king, Dylan Edwards, in wow. a yo-yo test. Wow. So um, Isaiah Yo, who's at an event yesterday, he did say that it was because right, the yo-yo test is the 20 metres, 20 up sprints continuously. 
How does uh, Isaiah Yo go in the yo-yo test? <laughs> he didn't do it because he was in the kangaroos. He just got away with it. He's just getting uh, yo. Uh, I'm, I'm just doing the yo. Thing. I'm just doing one run. I'm yeah. not doing both. He doesn't come back. <laughs> but Riley Smith was a, a really talented cricketer. He's on the verge of playing for the Australian under-19. So Isaiah was saying that he was suited to the yo-yo test. It's just running between the wickets for Riley. So <laughs> The research has put us on show here. I know. Well, I'm but a, I, I'm not on the basis of Dylan Edwards got knocked off um, yeah. <laughs> in a pre-season yo-yo test that they win the comp. I just think their depth is so good. That you go down the list. New South Wales Cup jersey flag, SG ball. Everything is being pushed up from, and the pressure on those top grade guys to hold their form and get better is always there because they've got young kids coming through. So that's my tip, Penrith. What about you guys? I'm not going to argue with you. I think Penrith will win it again. But if the Roosters aren't competing this year, they're a disappointment because on paper, it's the best team in the comp. It's the best team in the comp on paper. And you can make all the jokes in the world about how much they spend on players. You go through that roster, there's mm. not a weakness. They've added Brandon Smith to the team. Sawali's just, he was enormous at the World Cup. Joseph Manu's just one of the best players in the comp. You've got five guys there who would get probably a million dollars at another club. Jeez, so Brandon Smith at Ravisi's. Danny, oh, I don't know. Have you seen him around? No, I haven't actually. I'm haven't surprised. I haven't you better not see him around. I don't him think he's a about. fan of yours. What have I done to him? <laughs> Do you want me to repeat what you've done to him? Yeah, tell me. Didn't you write that Craig Bellamy hates him? Oh, yeah, he was off him by the end, yeah. yeah. That, that's right. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Not right. according to Brandon Smith, it isn't. Well, Brandon's not going to come out and say, yes, Craig Bellamy doesn't like me. Oh, yeah, okay. I said that okay. Gus doesn't like me. I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Well, so, Penrith, watch on the Roosters. Uh, I'm going to be boring and say Penrith Roosters grand final. Okay. Um, and I agree with Michael. If the Roosters don't win it, they're a disappointment because I think they were really disappointing last year. Fair enough. Good luck with the phone call from Nick Politis if it uh, all, goes to, <laughs> all goes to pot. We'll get to Uncle Nick's stories, I reckon, throughout. That's uh, Footy Talk, the Journos edition. Michael, Danny, thank you. Thanks. Adam. Do it again next week. And don't forget, all through the week, you can listen to Footy Talk with the various shows. Monday's the heavy hitter uh, with Gordy Tallis and Emma Lawrence. The current players on Tuesday. Wednesday, Queensland issues. Uh, Friday, you've got Friday Footy Focus and all the preseason previews on the way as well. It's all on Footy Talk. <laughs> <laughs>